This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillahi wa ahdahu wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala man la nabiya ba'dahu wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. We commence by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sending blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions. May Allah bless them all and may he bless every single one of us and grant us all every form of goodness. Ameen. Beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it is important for us to know what the environment of a masjid is supposed to be like. Because the masjid does not belong to me, nor does it belong to you. It is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala free for every Muslim to come to and even the non-Muslim who is inquisitive about Islam to come to. Many of us do not know this. Yes, if there is a non-Muslim who is inquisitive about Islam and they would like to come and see what it is all about on condition that they are dressed appropriately and quite clean, they may enter and they may actually ask questions. They may even listen to what is going on. And this has been happening from the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. For that reason in this masjid, we have allowed for the non-Muslims to attend the Jumu'ah in a specific section, to listen to what is being said and to listen to the talk. And on many instances, we have had people who have reverted to Islam, <coughs> seeing the good teachings of Islam and getting their questions answered. So we as Muslimin, we should never ever feel for a moment that the masjid belongs to me as an individual. Nor should we, even for a split moment, be from amongst those whom, when we attend the masjid, we give others the feeling that they are not supposed to be here. This happens in many masjid. And the reason is, we have forgotten that it's the house of Allah. People who come here are searching for the Almighty. They are searching for closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How dare we make them feel that they are not welcome? This is why some people stay away from the masjid because as soon as they come into the house of Allah, they have a dirty look from someone. They have a frown from another person. They have a question sometimes that, oh, this person lost himself today. We have had this happening even in our own society. And therefore they feel very uneasy. Whether I know you or not is besides the point. The fact that you have come to the house of Allah, you can be rich or poor, black or white, you can be tall or short, you can be fat or thin, whatever it is, I love you for the sake of Allah. This is the attitude of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I need to make sure that my approach, and I'm talking obviously not only about myself, but us as Muslimin. My approach when it comes to the way I deal with everyone who comes to the house of Allah, is exactly as a Muslim should be dealing with one another. We make them feel comfortable. We should smile. We should greet. The etiquettes of a Muslim outside the masjid are even more so to be, to be implemented in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I smile at you, my brother, if I make you feel you are part of me, and you make me feel that I am part of you, you will make me feel like coming for the next salah. You will make me feel so wanted, subhanallah. I am part of your family, you are part of mine. You might have a few issues, I may have even more issues. Some you may know, some I may not know and so on. So this is why 
never look at someone and say, that man is a criminal, this man is a disaster, that man's going out with this person, this guy is a drunkard, that guy was in the nightclub yesterday. What were you doing there to find out he was there? SubhanAllah. But the, the point being raised is, they are searching for the Almighty, just like you are. And you know what? They may get to the Almighty before you do. SubhanAllah. This is why love one another for the pleasure of Allah. And I want to draw today's talk upon one narration of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which one might feel is not related, but I will show you how it is related. In the hadith of Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhu, which appears in Sahih al-Bukhari, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam speaks about food. And he says, مَنْ أَكَلَ ثُومًا أَوْ بَصَلًا فَلْيَعْتَزِلْنَا أَوْ لِيَعْتَزِلْ مَسْجِدَنَا وَلْيَبْقَ فِي بَيْتِهِ Whoever has eaten... Whoever has eaten raw onions or raw garlic should stay away from us, should stay away from our masjid and should stay at home. Wow! Allahu Akbar! Until they wash their mouths thoroughly and until they have cleansed themselves, then they can come to the masjid. Why is this the case? Because we are taught not to harm people even by an offensive smell. Allahu Akbar! If you come to the house of Allah and people are standing next to you and they have this offensive smell, of something that a lot of us would consider quite tasty, that's onions and garlic, subhanAllah, not only that, it could be healthy. And yet we find the hadith says, if you're not prepared to wash your mouth thoroughly after having had raw onions or raw garlic, don't come to the masjid, stay at home, it's better for you. Because you're going to come here, and for the next salah, perhaps people might not come thinking, I don't want to stand next to that guy. Do you know what? It was a punishment. Imagine how deep the teachings of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are regarding the masjid. Another thing, when we come into the masjid, we should make sure we are dressed with the best of our dress. Listen to the verse of the Qur'an. Ya bani adama khudhu zinatakum inda kulli masjid wa kulu wa shrabu wa la tusrifu innahu la yuhibbu al-musrifin O children of Adam, this shows that it's got to do with everybody. O children of Adam, take your adornment, meaning dress in your best dress, when you are going to the houses of Allah, to the place of sujood, the place of prostration, wear good clothing, make sure you are adorned properly, meaning dressed appropriately. And you may eat and drink, but do not be wasteful, for indeed the Almighty does not like those who are wasteful. That is the verse. So with us, if we were to be concerned about a salah, a prayer, 30 minutes before that prayer, and we are to at least, you know, put on a little bit of perfume, wash ourselves properly, make sure our feet are clean, perhaps, you know, dress in a nice neat way, and then come to the house of Allah five minutes early, two minutes, you know, ten minutes ahead of time, and so on. This is the proper etiquette of the house of Allah. Some of the scholars have always said, if you want to know the situation in your house, your own house, look at how you deal with the house of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you deal with the house of Allah inappropriately, your house may become inappropriate. If you deal with the house of Allah in a manner that you, you recognize His greatness and who He is, and you take pride in how you get there, and you make sure you bring people together, and you make sure you make people wanted, when you get to the house of Allah, you make them feel like they are Muslimin as well, trying to earn the pleasure of Allah, your own house will be in order. 
This is why many societies and communities, may Allah protect ours and may He protect the Ummah at large. People who are not bothered in the house of Allah, they look, like I said, with a dirty look to others. What are you doing here today? That's roughly what your eyes say sometimes. And if that is the case, you just need to go back home and look at how the disaster occurs in your own home because you could not respect the house of Allah. And the big family that comes to the house of Allah, what, do you think Allah is going to allow that respect to seep through to your own family? May Allah protect us. And let's go now to another point. When we enter the house of Allah, never use the opportunity. Never use the opportunity to strike deals. Obviously, unless there is something absolutely necessary. Once you are finished and you're walking out, and perhaps there might be a person who's very close to you, you might want to utter a word or two. But walk out of the house of Allah before you talk about your deals. Very simple. This place is to prepare you for the akhirah. And to help you live this life in a way that you will earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are going to come here and look for discounts because the big businessman, it's hard to get an appointment with him, but I'm going to see him at the masjid. He might not want to come here the next time. He may think to himself, you know what, when I go to this house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people are nudging me and saying I'm going to come for this and I need this discount and keep me one of this and I want this business and I need that and this. We are weak, we are insan, we may do that. Do not do that. Not in the house of Allah. It's wrong. It's the wrong place. You will be discouraging people from coming in. Another very interesting point is, when we meet people, we should never ask them questions that they will feel embarrassed to answer. Brother, I heard you've got a major marital problem. Can you tell us about it? A'udhu billah. He won't come to the masjid again. It's got nothing to do with you. If you are really concerned and you treat him as a family member, you will raise your hands and make dua for him. You will read two rakat of salah and say, Ya Allah, I heard something. Ya Allah, help this man. Allahu Akbar. This is what you call the brotherhood of Islam. This is the environment of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How dare we come to the house of Allah and ask embarrassing questions to people. So we will be chasing them away and Allah may chase us away from His mercy as well. Another point. Yes, we do come here for salah. We come here for obedience. We come here for the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let me mention to you a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One day, a Bedouin man walked into the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Medina Munawwara. He walked in and he decided he did not know the etiquette of the masjid. He urinated in one corner. So as he's doing his business, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum got up and wanted to beat him thoroughly. Obviously, who would tolerate urination in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam realized this man is ignorant. This man doesn't know. Listen very carefully because the point is very serious. What we will do? We will teach him. We will educate him. So instead of shouting, screaming, getting violent, becoming, you know, emotional and so on, the Prophet ﷺ instructed the top companions of his who were involved in that. He says, La Leave this man alone. Don't make him cut his urination because he will become sick. Imagine. You know, I wouldn't like to say this, but it's in the hadith. Imagine one of us urinating and suddenly we had to block it and stop it. I don't know what would happen. So the Prophet ﷺ is very, very conscious of this. And he says, don't stop him. Let him finish. It's over. He's already started it. It's done. What you do, all of you go and collect a pail of water. Get a bucket of water. And whilst they were all gone, quietly between the two of them, he says, you know what? You've done this now, but this is the house of Allah. It is for salah, it is for tilawa, it is for dhikr, the remembrance of Allah, the recitation of the Qur'an and good deeds, etc. This thing here, you should not do it here. It's not supposed to be here. 
the man now was comparing between this beautiful statement of the best of creation who's just come to him and spoken to him with such respect and the others who were about to beat him up and he says Allahumma arhamni warham muhammadan wa la tarham ma'ana ahadan Oh Allah have mercy on me and have mercy on Muhammad and don't have mercy on the others Look at how the dua, he was educated and a dua came out of his heart to say, Ya Allah, have mercy on me and this man. And then Muhammad ﷺ wanted to teach him again that you can't say that. So he says, you have made narrow something that is very broad. The mercy of Allah encompasses everybody. He was quiet. Which means, the second thing we want to teach you is don't say don't have mercy on them. Allah's mercy can encompass anyone and everyone. May Allah have mercy on all of us. Look at the beauty. This man, do you think he would come again to the house of Allah? Indeed, he would. And indeed, he now knows. And indeed, he felt so loved. And he was taught. Why we say this? The point being made is, we see sometimes people making mistakes in salah. They might speak loudly. A mobile phone rings. Wallahi, I am one of those whom, when a mobile phone rings at that time, don't say anything. Let it pass. Finish the salah and carry on. One day, you find the fact that the mobile phone rang from my pocket is such a big embarrassment that that in it on its own is a lesson. That's what I believe. Such a big embarrassment. And to be honest, if sometimes, yes, there is a lecture and it is being mentioned, alhamdulillah. But when a mobile phone rings from somewhere in the middle and the whole masjid turns around, what will happen to that man? I don't think he's going to have the guts to come back for asr salah. Why? Because he's going to every, somebody might say, you know, you've got no shame, so on. How can you bring Bollywood into the masjid and what? The man knows everything. It was an embarrassment. Allah chose that to happen because he, this young man or whoever it was needed to learn a lesson. So the lesson is learned. I'm sure we all learn lessons of that nature. If we are to correct a person whose mobile phone rings in a worse manner that the Prophet ﷺ corrected a man who urinated in the masjid, we actually haven't learned a lesson. This is something amazing. And this is why I want to now draw a very, very important point. We come to the house of Allah for Quran, for Salah and so on. Don't ever force others to read Salah. When they come to the house of Allah, that which is extra and above. So people come and they read their Farah. And after they say, brother, why didn't you read your Sunnah? You must come here, you must read your Sunnah. You know you're going to hellfire. He won't be there for the next Salah. Or if he comes, he's going to be having a ducking and diving attitude. He won't want to see you. Is this the environment of the house of Allah? When you come to a masjid, we will never pressurize you to say, do this and do that. You come, you know you've come to come close to Allah. You will read your Farad Salah properly. And thereafter, you will engage in voluntary Salah voluntarily. Voluntary activity in the masjid voluntarily. We will have talks, we will have a ta'aleem, we will have whatever else in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is voluntary. The day your spirituality feels you will attend, you will attend. If you do not want to attend, we will not look down upon you. You have used the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not mine, it's not yours, it belongs to Allah. If I were to put pressure upon people, brother, why don't you sit for this lecture I have now after Salatul Isha? But brother, I finished my farah. And I've done it and I've got something urgent. The man will go away. But tomorrow when others tell him, you know, we sat yesterday for 10 minutes and we learned so much, it will encourage him to come. So we need to encourage people positively. When we put pressure on people, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? As soon as you're walking out of the masjid, you find three guys with you saying, brother, <coughs> mashallah, you've come. Now you need to start growing your beard. The man is not going to come again. 
Or they come and say, MashaAllah, you've come now, you need to do this and do that. He will say to himself, I don't need to see these people. I know of people who stay away from the masjid. I've spoken to a lot of people, especially the young. And they say, when I go there, I feel out of place. When I go there, I feel like people are putting pressure on me to do so many extra things that I'm not ready for. And this is what has prodded me to speak about this today. So my brothers and sisters, we need to understand and realize this is the house of Allah. Not mine, not yours. When we are here, smile at people, you earn the reward of a sunnah. Greet the people, assalamu alaikum, look into their eyes and ask them, how are you? Perhaps, how is the family? And that's it. You don't need to go into further details. You bought this car. Wow, I see you. Where did you get the money from for that? Why do you want to say this? My brothers and sisters, we have such a beautiful religion. And really, Allah has instructed us to fulfill salah five times a day. If we were to come to the house of Allah in the correct manner, and we were to greet people properly and make them feel like the environment is so serene because of the way we are with them, believe me, we will earn a reward for others having come to the house of Allah. They will say, you know what? I entered this house of Allah and I felt so calm. I learned something and I walked out in such a short time and yet I felt spiritually elevated. What would be the sin of a person whom on the day of Qiyamah, he comes, may Allah forgive us. He comes and he is asked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my slaves came to my house in order to come closer to me and your actions and statements chase them away from my house. What is your answer? Look what Allah says in the surah, Iqra. Allah says, Do you see the one who stops a worshiper? When that worshipper is engaging in prayer, this was obviously revealed regarding Abu Jahl and his actions against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa But the lesson is for all of us. Someone wants to pray and we don't correct them properly or perhaps we utter a statement or even the attitude we have is so smelly that perhaps it would chase them away. What answer are we going to give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Imagine you in your home have a VIP guest coming in. And some, someone inside the house, perhaps a worker or a family member, you know, uh, answered the bell in such a way that made them turn around to say, you know what, he's not here or whatever, or said something, did not open the gate for them. And they went, you would probably get so upset. I was waiting for this person. They are coming to me and I was actually expecting them through. And now you blocking them. You would get upset. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He waits for every one of us to get closer to Him. And like I said, bottom line, my brothers and sisters, don't get too proud of your religious achievement. Don't become arrogant. What that means is, you need to be happy when Allah has accepted you to do good deeds without a doubt. But when it develops an arrogance within you, and you start thinking I'm better than the others, your BMW might slow down whilst the other person's Toyota might overtake you because you had a puncture somewhere down the line. If you've heard me say this before, you would understand what I said. But for those who might not have, let me explain. Some people spiritually, they're in a BMW. They move very fast. Others are slow in their little Toyotas and carrying on. We don't laugh at them because you just have to hit one little rock on the road. Your car is aside and this man of the Toyota will be waving at you to say, Hey, why aren't you taking me over just now? Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Some people come to Allah slowly but surely. And some people take time. And sometimes they can overtake you or me. Like I say, when you look at a person coming into the house of Allah, look at them with the eyes of love, with the heart of sincerity, with the heart of a believer, with the soul of goodness. And inshallah, you will be able to benefit from their attendance of the masjid. 
rather than becoming a person who has chased others away. And perhaps, like I say, when they come, they may become spiritually higher than me and you in no time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors, really. This was a topic that had to be discussed because there are masajid sometimes, and mashallah, we have this masjid, this is our policy. We would not like to pressurize a single person who attends the masjid, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in any way whatsoever. Brother, we love you for the sake of Allah. Sister, we love you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If there is anything we can do, alhamdulillah. If we cannot do, excuse us. If you have any good points, let us know. If there are any, for example, recommendations or positive criticism, please let us know. This is the attitude. And this is how, inshallah, we will improve. If you attend the house of Allah and you're feeling in any way narrow or you're feeling in any way put pressure upon, please let us know. Who is that who is putting pressure upon you? You are meant to come here with utmost respect. You are a VIP. You are a guest of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are so proud to be able to serve you. Proud in the sense that we are happy and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to help one another. For indeed, if we help one another, we are part and parcel of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who will be fulfilling this role. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all until we meet again. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad.